From Quoted Studios, this is Blank on Blank, distributed by the public radio exchange PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. And we're continuing our special series called The Experimenters. We're featuring icons from the worlds of science, technology, and innovation. Support for this series comes from Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform where it's easy to create a website, portfolio, blog, or online store. With modern templates, simple drag-and-drop tools, and 24-7 support, you can build a professional website in minutes. For a 14-day free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com slash blank on blank. Now to this week's episode and the producer of the Experimenter series, Amy Drozdowska. Jane Goodall is so good, it's intimidating. She's almost a sort of mythic figure. She made groundbreaking discoveries about the behavior of chimpanzees when she was only in her 20s, no formal training or degree. Even now, she's always on the go, speaking up for the rights of animals, campaigning for conservation, and working tirelessly on her environmental education program. She's a role model for young girls to get into science. With all that, it's sometimes been hard for me to imagine her as one of us ordinary humans. Which is why this interview we came across by veteran public radio science journalist Ira Flato was just so great. Ira talked with Jane Goodall for his long-running Science Friday program back in 2002. And in that conversation, you can hear a Jane who's full of formidable conviction, yes. But she's also humble, vulnerable, and best of all, even fun. Here's the tape. Well, now, I know you do wonderful chimp calls. Well, I'm going to do the greeting. It's the kind of sound you'd hear if you went to Gombe and you climbed up onto the ridge in the morning. And if you're lucky, you hear the chimpanzee who's calling out saying, here I am, it's a wonderful day, where are you? And... Wow. And each one has his or her own individual voice, so you know exactly who's calling. Pleasure to speak with you. Um, I wanted to know if you believe there are any undiscovered large ape species. You're talking about Yeti or Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Is that what he's talking about? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> uh, pretty much. <laughs> I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, now you'll be amazed when I tell you that I'm, I'm sure that they exist. I've talked to so many Native Americans who've all described the same sounds, two who've seen them. And there was a little tiny snippet in the newspaper just last week which says that British scientists have found what they believe to be a yeti hair and that the um, scientists in the Natural History Museum in London couldn't identify it as any known animal. Did you always <laughs> have this belief that they existed? Well, I'm a romantic, so I always wanted them to exist. <laughs> Animals were my passion from even before I could speak, apparently. Then when I was about 10, 11... I found the books about Tarzan of the apes. Fell in love with Tarzan. He's got that wife, Jane, you know, so I was terribly jealous of her. And that was when my dream started. When I grew up, I would go to Africa, live with animals and write books about them. That's how it all began. I got the opportunity when a school friend invited me to go and stay on their farm in Kenya. So, you know, I was 23 and I sort of said bye-bye to family, friends and country and off I went. And that was when I heard about the late Lewis Leakey. And somebody said, Jane, if you're interested in animals, you must meet Lewis. 
Lewis realized that I was the sort of person he said he'd been looking for for about 10 years, who didn't care about hairdressing and clothes and parties and boyfriends. You know, I really wanted to be in the wild. It took him a year. He searched for money and eventually found a wealthy American businessman and said, okay, Lewis, here you are, here's enough money for six months. We'll see how she does. The chimpanzees ran away as soon as they saw me. They'd not seen a white ape before. And I knew if that six months money ran out before I'd seen something really exciting, everyone would, you know, I would have let Lewis down. Of course, at that time, we were defined as man the toolmaker. That was supposed to differentiate us more than anything else in the rest of the animal kingdom. And, and you discovered that the chimps could make tools. David Greybeard, bless his heart, I saw him crouched over a termite mound, the whole thing, putting in the grass, picking the termites off, picking a leafy twig and stripping off the leaves, which is the beginning of tool making. I couldn't actually believe it. I had to see it about four times before I let Lewis Leakey know. And then I sent a telegram and he sent back his famous, ha ha, now we must redefine man, redefine tool, or accept chimpanzees as humans. After a bit, Lewis said, Jane, you have to get a degree because otherwise you can't get your own money and I won't always be around to get money for you. But he said, we don't have time to mess about with a BA, so you'll have to go straight for a PhD. So he managed to persuade Cambridge in England to accept me as a PhD student. And when I got there, it was actually a very unpleasant and hostile reception that I had. I shouldn't have named the chimps. It wasn't scientific. I didn't know. I mean, I knew nothing. And worst sin of all was that I was ascribing to them emotions like happiness, sadness, and so forth. And they were just aghast at you. Yeah, they were. Whippersnapper. Yeah, it was even accused of teaching the chimps how to fish for termites, which, I mean, that would have been such a brilliant coup. Primatologist Jane Goodall talking with Ira Flato on his long-running public radio program Science Friday back in 2002. Thanks to Ira Flato and the Science Friday Initiative for working with us on this. You can go to sciencefriday.com to hear, watch, and read the fantastic and fun science stories they're making these days. This episode is part of our science and innovation series, The Experimenters. Thanks again to Squarespace for their support. Support for this series also comes from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More information on Sloan at sloan.org. You can watch the animated version of this episode on our website, blankonblank.org. David Gerlach is the executive producer of Blank on Blank. This episode was produced by me, Amy Drozdowska, along with David. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and now Instagram, and learn just what we're uncovering lately in the archives. Before we go, Jane Goodall, who's known not only for her work, but for the fact that she's female, will answer a couple more questions. Do you think a primatologist's gender influences how they conduct their work? Well, I think in many cases it, it actually does. Louis Leakey always thought women were better as observers. He felt that they were more patient. Certainly, it's very often true that women tend to be a bit quieter and more prepared to sit there and let the animal tell you things. 
would you rather be remembered for discovering the tool-making abilities of the, of the chimps or for your work in, in the environment today? I think I'd like to be remembered as someone who really helped people to have a little humility and realize that we are part of the animal kingdom, not separated from it. When I do go back to Gombe, it's to be in that timeless world where it's soft and where life is entwined and you actually see the pattern of nature. And I always feel this great spiritual power, which I believe is, is around. Mm-hmm.